I bought a shirt that says Namaste in bed. And I just thought it was like the funny thing <laughs> where you just add in bed to everything, you know? And then Bryce was like, no, <laughs> it's like stay in bed. And I was like, oh, I thought it was something sexual. It was a fortune cookie. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and see if they're actually still any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. And so we've decided to watch Spider-Man from 2002. Speederman. Because we're all quite excited, at least I'm quite excited, about Spider-Man Homecoming in a theater near you. Are you guys at all excited about that? I am excited I about it. I'm going to see it. No, I'm there with you. I, okay. I haven't seen it, and actually I didn't know the name of it was Homecoming until you just uh, said it. I happen to think their their new uh, b- Best Buds with Iron Man, Spider-Man is like the best uh, version of it I could remember uh, so far. Mm. So I, I really like him. Yeah, there was a, a, a arc in the comic books right before Civil War called Iron Spider, Ooh. where Tony Stark built the suit for Spider-Man and kind of mentored him. And I think they're kind of leaning into that in this movie. I think, I think you'll enjoy that. I think there's some good stuff there. Rad. It's a little bit different from what you're used to as Spider-Man, but okay. I'm not going to talk too much about the new movie. We Cause don't wanna, you've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. We don't want to spoil anything. That's all trailer stuff too. Yeah. But we're talking about Spider-Man from 2002, what you might call the original Spider-Man. And and first, I want to congratulate Ash and take a dump on everybody else. Because I spelled it right? Because you spelled it right. Yeah! Because as we have our email chain trying to decide what movie we're going to do, none of you bitches put the hyphen <laughs> in Spider-Man, but I, Ash did. I knew you would I knew you would hate every minute of it not having... Yep. The- you got to have the hyphen in there for Spider-Man. Yeah, Totes didn't know there was a hyphen. Yep. I learned Hashtag that only sorry, because <laughs> <laughs> I learned that only because Spider-Man was trending on Twitter one day and I saw somebody tweet the one thing I learned today was that no one knows how to spell fucking Spider-Man and <laughs> I spelled it right with the and then from that point on I knew. So it's like a is that like a hyphenated last name like the parents were Jeff Spider and Nancy Man. <laughs> exactly. Nancy Man. <laughs> so he decided to be. That's a really good the way Marvel to remember movie it. about Nancy Man. <laughs> She's a Nancy Man. <laughs> she walks around with her top hat and bow tie. Yes. Like a real yeah. Nancy Man. Maybe that's, yeah, don't be a negative Nancy. Oh, maybe, maybe she's a villain. <laughs> I don't know. You write a whole new series of books. Can we? So this is, it might be Sam Raimi's big mainstream break. He was kind of this uh, sort of, I don't know if I would call him an indie guy, but he was always kind of this cult favorite sort of guy. Is is this the director? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know Sam Raimi, Evil Dead. Yeah, we hang out all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Best bros. See, I think that was like his... The thing that he's most known for is the Evil Dead series and a little oh. bit of Dark Man, but I don't know that Dark Man is that popular. Dark Dash Man? No. No hyphen <laughs> in Dark Man. So he's 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 Darkman. 
Darkman, Darkman. yeah. One of the many Jewish superheroes. Okay, that's a good one. Name a mainstream Jewish superhero. Superman. Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Isn't there that ridiculous movie about a Jewish superhero? Oh, what was the name of that? Uh, The Hebrew Hammer. Yes, that one. No, the correct answer is The Thing from Fantastic Four. Oh, did not know that. He's like legitimately Jewish. Legitimately Jewish. Oh. But we've also talked a lot about Sam Raimi when we were talking about the Coen brothers, because Mm. he worked with Coen brothers when they co-wrote Hudsucker Proxy, which we keep threatening to do for this podcast. Yes, we should. I'd really want to do that one. But I think you see a lot of like sort of a cartoonish vibe with Sam Raimi. With Evil Dead, with Hudsucker Proxy. Like, he doesn't take oh, things Evil too Dead. seriously. Oh, God, I'm sorry. My brain isn't working. I just... <laughs> We've been talking about Evil Dead for five minutes, and now you remember uh, what yeah. Evil Dead is. Sorry. <laughs> so, you, are you all caught up now, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like Evil Dead? Yes. Yeah? Well, that's the one, like, I either get the Pokemon joke, or if, like, someone's really cool, I get the Evil Dead joke. Oh, because of your name. Yeah. Yeah. Ash versus the Or evil like dead. the Evil Dead is the one that I like to respond with. They're like, oh, like Pokemon. And I'm like, no, like Evil Dead. <laughs> usually shuts them up. Zing. Did you guys see Drag Me to Hell? No. No, I but I wanted to. That was Sam Raimi's movie after he finished all of his Speedermans. And it's so he did really all of good. the 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 first, first three. Okay. So Spider Man, Spider Man 2, Spider Man 3. All of the Tobey Maguire ones were all Sam Raimi. Mm. Yeah, Drag Me to Hell looked like a fucking badass movie. It's so good, you guys. Yeah, if if you enjoy this movie and you want to see more really good Sam okay. Raimi, got to check out Drag Me to Hell. Um, so yeah, our our cast in this movie is just huge, and I feel like we just burn so much time talking about all of these people. Um, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. Wait, what happened to him though? Toby? He, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. If you look at Toby Maguire's list on IMDb, it's a lot smaller than you would think it would be. Yeah, what what was there like Seabiscuit or whatever? Seabiscuit <laughs> was movie? after the first one. Actually, that's that's a good a good question because what I did is I kind of compiled the movies that came before this. Okay. So, are you saying you don't remember any Toby before? No. Because Toby Maguire was pretty popular. We all knew oh, him yeah. before Spider-Man. Really? Before Spider-Man? Yeah. Don't you oh, think? yeah. He was like he was like a name that was like Toby Maguire's yeah. in Spider-Man. Ooh, mm. intrigue. Yeah, and I always thought it was a really good choice. Oh. But you can you guys think of anything before Spider-Man? I literally can't. No. <laughs> so I think the, the two big ones would be Pleasantville. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I see it. And Cider House Rules. Oh, yeah, that's the one that Nate. Pleasantville needed. should be on our list. That would be weird. interesting to check out. It was meant to be weird. Actually, Cider House the one? Rules would be good too. Is Pleasantville the one where everything's black and white, and then they start remembering? And well, he starts into color? like in. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, then it I've never the, seen it. I just know that that color. happens. Yeah, but you're remembering uh, the right movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he was also in Ice Storm, the Ang Lee movie, which I've mentioned before is pretty fantastic. Is that the name? Ice Storm. Ice Colon, Storm. the Ang Lee movie. Yeah. Well, it's Ice Storm, an Ang Lee joint. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think that's where everybody started noticing him was from the Ice Storm. And then 
Pleasantville, Cider House Rules, and Wonder Boys were the big ones before hmm. Spider-Man. But then we've got what what I think is the epitome of that concept of the it girl. Mm-hmm. I think at this time, Kirsten Dunst was absolutely the it girl in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was looking at her list. She has three movies in 1999, three movies in 2000, three mo- no, four movies in 2001. 2000? No, I'm sorry. Five movies in 2000 and then Bring four it on, in 2001. I think is one of those in 2000. You are absolutely correct. What else oh, is in 2000? Yeah. Um, uh, you're not going to get it. I shouldn't even put you on the spot for that. The, the other big one she did in 2000 was Crow Salvation. Oh, which I've not yeah. read of that one. Was that a big one? Just kidding. Fairly big. But then she there's was stuff. In, what was the one? Uh, the like suicide teenager one virgin suicides yeah yeah which is fantastic yeah i've never seen it it's really good so that was 99 yeah because she was really young in that that was like one of her first roles right well we actually saw her on our podcast for one of her first roles oh jumanji Jumanji. oh yeah that's right so she was in jumanji but before that little women an interview with a vampire Mm mm-hmm and we got to see her grow up. So from Interview with a Vampire through Jumanji, Virgin Suicides. That's right. Then Dick, you know, Bring It <laughs> That's On. That's not a nice thing to say about her. <laughs> um, and then, so I think there's another person in this movie who I know I forgot about, who's kind of huge. Do you, who who else it- do you think of when you think of this movie? Is it the friend? Willem Dafoe isn't in this one, is he? Willem Dafoe is, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I do know that oh. Willem Dafoe is in them. And that's that's not the one I'm thinking of, but Willem Dafoe, I think, is is fantastic. I know who it is, and I can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the um, it's the friend. Fucking. Whose name I can't remember because he was <laughs> Your in face right now. <laughs> uh. Oh, if if the world could see Brett's face. It's in English. This. I can't think I know, of it I never know but, these, and I know this one. No, Damn you it. don't. If you knew it, <laughs> Brett's you'd face say. is what happens when, like, you're on the toilet and having a tough time, but you can also hear a difficult Jeopardy question from the other room. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brett's face right now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, no, that's incorrect. no. Damn but it. they, I can see the mistake. So it, James oh. Franco. Damn it. Yeah, James Franco. Oh, James Franco. Just almost threw my mic across the room. Yeah, so Harry Osborne in this is actually James Franco, and I think that's the first time that's I saw right. him. He plays uh, Willem Dafoe's son, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that yeah. The wrong name. I was like, yeah, yeah it's not. It's not the just... jokey guy. Yep. He is a jokey guy, though. Yeah, that's true. It's funny what James Franco has become. He was like this. He was like the cool guy from Freaks and Geeks, and then mm-hmm. the James Dean TV movie, and now he's like the jokey stoner guy. Huh. And his absolute fucking nightmare mess of an Amazon show, like how to be an actor. Oh my god, it's so bad. But it's <laughs> meant to be it. bad. He's <laughs> actually a university professor. I don't even remember where, but he what? teaches acting professionally. Wow. But it's, yeah. I think his show is a joke, though. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's a cruel prank on people. Oh no! But there's also another actor who it was the first time I saw him, and now he's like. Huge. King hot shit. Oh, shit. Mm. Could you think of who else is in this? Who's king hot shit right now? Not Chris Pratt. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. That would be insane. 
I mean, maybe I'm overinflating him, but he's pretty awesome. Well, you did Chris use the pine or something King. weird. No. Yeah, any of the curses. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys are so off. Yeah. So J.K. Simmons. Oh. This okay. was the first time I saw him. And fun fact, we ran into him at Wood Ranch. Yeah, celebrity sighting. Oh, wow. He was sitting at the table next to us. You saw him where? At Wood Ranch Barbecue Restaurant. Wow. Oh, wow. Did you throw a chair at his head? No. Asking for insurance. We but we were probably a little a couple <laughs> drinks in at that point and we definitely very loudly were like, Oh my god, it's that guy so much. Oh, oh, wow. oh, oh no, oh no. You're oh, the no. worst. Yeah, it was definitely not not a you're, shiny you're off moment. The show. And I found god. out that he works at my company. Cool. Oh, so you'll see him again. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, Sam was like a really embarrassingly loud whispering oh, at dinner. Because I wasn't looking that way. She's yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't turn around now. I, but it's J.K. Simmons. I did not. That is totally an inflation. And like everyone in the restaurant are like looking over. No, what I brought, we were with this an out of town guest. actually worst nightmare. Yeah. If you live in LA, you know, you only see celebrities when you have an out of town guest. Mm. It's so, such a random phenomenon. And I was, he noticed and I asked our friend, I'm like, hey, what's that actor's name? And then we spent a lot of oh my time God. IMDb. You didn't even know. No, I didn't know his name. I don't know names. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> well, that was like the time we met the lead singer of OK Go at the Magic Castle. And Nick yeah. was like, you're the guy. <laughs> He's like, what? He's like, what guy? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what to say to him because I didn't want to say like, hey, oh my God, it's you. Like some people Or the have. time where Ash <laughs> sat next to fucking Karen Gillian. Oh yeah! Oh, no, that yeah. was Bryce. That, Bryce that was still kills it. me that I wasn't there. And we hadn't seen Doctor Who at that point, so we we <sighs> did, or we didn't know. Oh, speaking of Karen Gillan, have you seen the trailer for the new Jumanji? I have. What do you think of this? First off, it's not Jumanji. It's not Jumanji. Yeah, like this is all news it, to me. What's going? Yeah, on. it looks so. It looks pretty funny. It's but yeah. It's not Jumanji. It's like. A really fun idea. So definitely check out the trailer for the new Jumanji. Uh, basically, instead of them getting sucked into a board game, they get sucked into a video game. Cool idea. Really fun. Uh, and there's four of them, and the hot chick turns into... Um, they Jack all turn Black. into different characters. So they're like high school kids, but then in the game, like one of them's The so Rock. Last and the hot... Fighter? Kind of. And the hot chick turns into Jack Black, which is probably the funniest fucking thing. Like, that's pretty great. But it's just not Jumanji not is Jumanji. my problem. Yeah, it with sounds it. like it's Tron. Tron. Yeah. Last Starfighter and Tron. If they had made some other movie yeah. with these gags, it seems really promising. But It almost feels like somebody wrote a script and they're like, this is really yeah, great. Turn it into But Jumanji. we're not going to be able to sell it unless we slap Jumanji on it. Yeah. Pre-existing property. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's a fucking Hollywood standard. Like, no, we need Jumanji to sell this. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that little bit of recommend rec recognition. Yeah. Like, sells. Yeah. Well, and everybody's into like the, the old nineties, eighties retro, right? now. We should do a podcast I on know. some of those retro eighties, nineties. Oh, shit, movies. guys. It's gone full circle. Shit, you guys. It's called the, the name would be, the future is then. <laughs> wow. 
Sorry. Let's go, go back and rename the show. So we should talk a little bit about Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the, the creators of Mr. Speederman and a lot of our, our favorite heroes. Did you hear Stan Lee's wife died? I did. So sad. They're pretty old. Well, yeah. It's amazing that Stan Lee is still kicking. That he's still standing. Yeah. Did you hear they've shot like most of his cameos for like the next five or six movies? No. They're just, they want to have them in the can. Wow. Yeah. No CG. No Uncanny Valley. Yeah, we're going to have a digital Stan Lee at some point. Digital the man. No, thank you. So yeah, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby gave us Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Thor, like our core Avengers type characters. And this is like, Spider-Man is, in my mind, like, like number one core comic book hero. Like this is, this is definitely the one that I grew up with. Besides Superman, right? Yeah. Superman, I think is super core, but the... What, what I grew up with was Spider-Man. That was always my guy. Hashtag aesthetic supercore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys read any of these books growing up? No. I, well, see, I was reading, I was reading the Japanese manga and anime. Okay. I mean, I wasn't reading anime. I was reading <laughs> the mangas and watching the animes. I have, I have a Spider-Man compilation book on my bookshelf right next to me i i did read the spider-mans a bit okay so when this movie came out were there expectations for you like when you think like what has to be in a spider-man movie do you have anything well maybe spider-man uh, so, getting bit by a spider that's the thing is <laughs> is uh the spider-man movie i wanted is the next one i wanted that doc ock okay so still the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus. Yeah. So for you, the core villain is Octopus. Death. And I kind of felt that way too. Like if you'd asked me before this movie come, came out, I grew up with Dr. Octopus. But I think, I think that Green Goblin is the right way to go as core as that is to the origin story. I kind of think that this movie is the, the perfect origin story for Spider-Man. Didn't they like reboot this? <laughs> Famously, <laughs> Do it again and again. I mean, that's what everybody's complaining about. So, three movies with Toby, uh-huh. then two movies with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, completely different. You know, reboot, different story. His his origin was really good too. Even though I didn't want to rewatch. Sorry, I want to say the first half of the the thing was really good. So you're you're feeling like the way they worked the parents more into it. Uh, I think the way that they that Andrew Garfield the, their ex- exploration of him discovering the powers uh, mm-hmm. was actually a lot more fun than I remember this being. This okay. one was more about like the superhero plot and like there was this this big serious thing going on but that one really got into like the character's head of like oh shit w- like what the fuck is going on i have mm. powers now you know as but then on the other end i think they did they made one of the worst possible decisions is they made him cool mm. <laughs> and when you when you when i think about take what- that toby mcguire well, yeah I, to, what is core to spider-man is he must be the nerd that mm-hmm. everybody in school takes a dump on he's he's got the worst luck 
you know, he tries to be good. He tries to do the right thing and the world just punishes him for it. Mm. And he absolutely cannot be popular. He cannot be cool. People cannot like him. So, okay. And that's where I think the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi movies, they nailed it. But with Andrew Garfield, suddenly he's cool. He's got a skateboard and he's good looking and the women like him and Mm. all that stuff. And I think that's bad, bad for Spider-Man. Bad Spider-Man. <laughs> Agreed. I, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you on that. Did anyone in, uh, did anyone in the Spider-Man movies ever just like whip out some bug spray and just try to? <laughs> like, no, that would be the 1960s Batman. That's yeah, what you're looking for. Spider repellent oh. bug spray. Yeah. <laughs> he actually had the bat shark repellent spray. Oh my god! I love yeah. that in his in his fucking helicopter. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that's where you'd need it. Why would yeah. you need to get rid of a shark in your helicopter? <laughs> I think Batman saw Sharknado coming fifty years early. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that's we're talking about expectations before the movie came out. But what about now? Where do we sit now? Is this a good movie? Do you remember? Uh, did you all see this movie? Clearly, you all saw this movie. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think we had it on DVD, and I remember my dad and brother watching it a lot. So, mm. But it wasn't like a movie that I remember how I felt about it. I just remember seeing it. So, so don't you know. don't have an opinion on it? No. Surprisingly, I don't. No expectations at all? I think it's going to be just kind of run-in-the-mill superhero movie that feels very of that era. Okay. I think it's mm. going to be an okay story with flaws, but generally entertaining and not terrible. Okay. Well, Sam's a black hole here. Any of you <laughs> others got some? <laughs> uh, so I, I think I remember, I feel like I'm going to maybe confuse this movie with the first Hulk movie, just in like style. Was the Hulk movie the one that they like really committed to the comic book thing and they do the transition? Oh, yeah. That's oh, the thing okay. I love about that movie. I love that, too. I remember seeing that and being like, fuck, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. Um, so I can't say what I was going to say about that then because that's a different movie. But um, this one I do remember liking. Um, and I guess... I've come, we've come 50 plus episodes and it's time that I fess up to the fact that, uh, I don't, I don't like superhero movies, guys. I saw, (laughs) I saw this movie and I liked it and I was like, and done. I was like, I'm good. I don't need any more superhero movies. I like this one. This one's good. You're here to tolerate this movie. I guess. I remember really liking it though. Like, uh, Unlike you, Brett, I remember uh, him learning about his powers, and I feel like I do remember that being kind of fun, But and there being some gags around it, but maybe I'm thinking of a different superhero movie, because there's been so fucking many now <laughs> that they all... Yeah, it's very saturated right now, yeah. and, and I love every bit of it, but I would definitely understand if people don't. I, I just remember seeing this movie, and I was like, oh, superhero movies are going to be a fad now, but they'll just be a fad. They'll pass. And now it's like several years later and I was so wrong. Um, But I just... uh, You're like somebody in 1945 being like, (laughs) oh, that cowboy movie was okay, but that's not going anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I remember really liking the end of this movie 
I would like to send a shout out to the super awkward upside down kiss scene because I think that's still going to be super awkward. I thought that's in like the second or third one. Really? I think it's in this one. I'm not going to say. No. That's interesting. So you think it's weird and awkward? Yes. It's It's only weird weird and awkward awkward if you've tried it. It looks yeah. romantic on screen. And then we're like, <laughs> let's awful. try this. And then we're like, no, no. Hollywood magic doesn't work. I just remember in the movie, too, going like, that's just so weird. I don't know. I, but I don't there, think it's That's weird. one of the most iconic images from the comic book is him hanging upside down from a web. I think it would work in a comic. You know, like. Well, I'm not saying the kiss is iconic from the comics, but him hanging upside down on a web like that, oh. you see all all over the comics. Mm-hmm. And so they took that image and added the kiss to it. Which is, it's just Add weird. Sex appeal. With like Kristen Dunst, and I very clearly remember her nipples because it was like, you are not what? wearing a bra. <laughs> well, it was, <laughs> and it was it's raining, raining and, and you're yeah. not wearing a bra and you're kissing upside down. And this is like so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember it like, like they're you, trying to make it sexy so much that they went past sexy and now it's just awkward. You and I saw all the same things and <laughs> reacted to them completely differently. <laughs> well, you are a guy, so <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, but I distinctly remember that scene. I remember the ending of this movie very clearly and really like mm. liking that. I okay. don't know. The seriousness of it. Yeah. Let's talk more about that after we done watched it. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I've got things to say there. I, I, I think Sam kind of brought up an interesting point though, where like, I'm, I'm afraid this is going to feel horribly dated, mm. like really dated. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. 15 years ago. Yeah. But just like the, like, I will say that superhero movies have really, as far as like visually, like advanced, mm. you know? So I'm just saying like visually, I'm thinking it might feel like really dated, okay. cheesy, early 2000s. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I I was very, of course, I was very excited. Like, this is the first time they put Spider-Man on screen and just to actually see the movement. You imagine the movement, but to mm-hmm. actually see that character moving. And I do remember a few moments where it's like, that's just some guy in in skin-tight suit, and it looks a little weird mm. to actually see that as a real person. Yeah. But aside from a few of those weird moments, I thought it really was firing on all cylinders. And, you know, things like, you've never heard the web shoot. Until you saw the movie. And now that sound effect of a web shooting out, they've used that same sound effect for all of the reboots, for all the other Spider-Man movies. Now that's like the sound. Okay. And before that, we never had any of that. And I think it's it was very excited to see this for the first time. Like, wow, this has really come to life. Mm -hmm. The the one thing that I think I remember as kind of a bummer is they felt the need to have the actor's face on screen. So they keep finding ways of him losing the mask. Taking the mask off. And that's a bit of a problem. And that movies problem with he- followed through in so many of the early superhero movies. Like the yeah. first yeah. couple Iron Men. The, well, even Yeah, Doctor why Strange. does the mask open up? Like I just yeah. watched Doctor Strange and they're all supposed to be in an operating theater and they should all fucking be wearing masks and not one person in there is wearing a mask. Like, I don't so even remember times. that. Like the first time you see them in the operating theater, they're all wearing masks. And then every scene after that, whenever surgery is involved, no one ever has a mask on. 
And it wow. just drove me crazy. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> and I feel like I want to thank the uh, Deadpool movie because I think after yeah. that, uh, Hollywood might finally get the point that the characters with masks don't need to fucking take them off to make the movie good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Although, yeah, th- or, that was a huge or it's Hollywood's piece. way of saying Ryan Reynolds. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was a little disappointed. Literally no that- human ever said that. I know. Okay. When we did actually see Ryan Reynolds, he was way less disfigured than the character should have been. Yeah, he should have been way more fucked up. Yeah, they really pulled their punches. They wanted us to see pretty Ryan Reynolds, Mm -hmm. not the hideously disfigured face. Yeah, I had a problem with that too. That is the one that I read. I read some. You read some Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. So, Brett, I think we got everybody's expectations except yours. And I and I've been thinking about what I wanted to say uh, because I can't say too much uh, of what I think about this movie without like I think getting in the way of everyone's perception of it. But this is a, I think this is an important movie in the genre. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, for for story reasons that that were in this movie and in number two that disappeared and I don't think ever came back and. Uh, I just remember this as like the movie with stakes in all of the superhero movies. It doesn't matter that the rest of them are saving the world. This is the one that had real human stakes and fucking people got hurt in like emotional ways. And interesting. uh, Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing if that's true because I know the CG is going to be dated as fuck. Uh, but like, I think the story is really going to hold up and I'm looking forward to watching it. That is super important because strangely enough, it's like, there's nothing more boring than an entire city collapsing and killing millions of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but that somehow has no gravity to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, that was my whole problem with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where I was like, oh, and it just so happens that they're saving the universe, even though, you know, it was like really... Like, uh, yeah, I think smaller stories with personal stakes are totally. way more impactful. Spider-Man think- is about Spider-Man versus another dude or, or, or maybe a chick if they ever get around to like bring fucking equality into the situation. But like, if, cat or something. yeah, it, you don't have to fucking, uh, like fight a planet to have a good movie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's there's kind of a division in Marvel between street level heroes and Avengers. Mm. You know, you've got your Daredevil, your Iron like Fist, Luke scope. Cage, street level, okay. and and Spider Man is definitely street level. But I mean, I think there's ways because you know you're we talking about like oh a whole planet exploding. I don't really care. But Star Wars still manages to make me care yeah. when a planet is going to be like exploded, and because so it's like, you I have think... that personal connection with Leia, exactly, yeah, or or like you know just any of the characters, <laughs> you have like a a good so, personal connection, and I don't mean like the main characters, I mean the characters in danger, and that that's like my problem with Guardians of the Galaxy too is like. I have no connection to these people. Why should I fucking care about these people who the thing is going to explode on? Like, none of those are the character, the main characters, you know? I just... Well, even, like, compare blowing up Leia's family's planet, which I'm blanking mm-hmm. on the name. Alderaan. 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 Thank you. Um, and the planet, or the moon in the new one, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. No, not Rogue One. Sorry. 
the Force Awakens, the Star Wars reboot where they uh, blew Force up Awakens. like half a fucking solar system, and like, yeah. what did they blow up? I don't know. Whatever, it's gone. Yeah, because you don't have you don't have somebody, a character mm. that you're connected with that has a personal connection. Like the That's reason why you care about Alderaan is because Princess Leia is going to yeah. be hurt by it. Name the planets well, they blew up in the new one. Name them, and yeah. even one. Well, maybe no. Well, wasn't it uh, the one with the the city one that's in the second Star Wars? Coruscant. Yeah, it wasn't Coruscant. Was that what they blew up? I assumed it was because it looked like huh. it, but maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of them. With um, what's her name from Doctor Who? Was it's there? not her. What? We've had this conversation. It's not her. No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Well, I cared because I, I thought it was. Her. I would have liked. <laughs> I would like take a to turn think, being wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that they would have given her a line. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that's been kind of a problem with the the core Marvel movies is that they focus on the heroes and the heroes are awesome and the villains have not been so good hmm. and the stakes have not necessarily been so interesting. Yeah, I mean that's another. I guess I'm just throwing it all on the table now. So Y'all y- y- know I don't really like the superhero movies but uh that was my other problem with doctor strange was like what what is this bad guy's motivation at all like he didn't seem to have any motivation i'm sorry i really thought dormammu was a tough character to put on screen yeah like i just i was like i don't understand he just one day woke up and was like you know what i'm going to the dark side and i was like what (laughs) oh yeah mads mickelson that character yeah I don't know. But, but All what's, of them. <laughs> what's funny is the Marvel TV shows do villains right. Mm. Oh my God. You know, so right. Yeah. Purple Man and Cottonmouth. Totally. Kingpin. Maybe because they have more time to develop them. I yeah. think Kingpin's like one of my favorite villains. Yeah. Well, but that might also might be the guy. Yeah. I mean, Kingpin was awesome, but Purple Man and Jessica Jones. Like that is unforgettable. Oh, I never finished. Unforgivable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Jessica Jones, man, that was a that was a killer series. I still haven't finished it. Oh, you've got to finish it. But of course, Spider Man is not core Marvel. It's you know run by a completely different studio, so it doesn't follow all the same rules. And I think it doesn't quite fall into, like Brett was saying, it doesn't fall into that particular trap. But we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. how we feel. So I think we've got some expectations. Um, so at this point, you might want to pause the podcast and check out Spider-Man. Uh, I don't, it's not on Netflix. Did we even check? Uh, I didn't Why look. do we even do this? We never check. We never. Brett, just Sorry. edit this out. <laughs> yeah, can we cut this segment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you might want to watch Spider-Man and join us after the movie and see how we all feel about it. Hey, Let's Rewatch listeners, Ash here. I've hijacked Brett's editing station to tell you about a special contest we're doing. Remember that Fallout 4 parody video we took forever to finish? Well, it's out now, and to celebrate its release, Laughstash TV is doing our biggest contest yet. We wanted to thank all of you for sticking with us by giving away some awesome Fallout loot, including a Fallout 4 Pip-Boy edition. To enter, all you have to do is sign up for our Laughstash TV newsletter to receive email updates so you never miss a video, podcast, or contest release again. So go to laughstash.tv to find out more and enter. That's L-A-U-G-H 
S-T-A-S-H dot TV. Oh no, he's coming back. Just remember, the contest ends August 15th, and it's pronounced Sigourney. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins his web any size, catches thieves just, just like, like flies. Hey there, here comes the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. All right. So I'd like to address the elephant in the room that mm-hmm. Nick did not bring up that Danny Elfman did the score. I will make every movie sound like Beetlejuice. This is my blessing, my curse. I am Elfman. Danny Elfman. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. It's okay. Also, I also, there were like a million cameos that we didn't discuss prior. I completely yeah. forgot about Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. yeah. Elizabeth Ooh. Banks also. I f- Octavia. Uh, well, Octavia Spencer. I remember that one. And then the guy from True Blood that married um, the the hot stepmom from Modern Family. Never I, seen I'm True Blood. I'm not following any of this. Oh my god! Can you he, give us a character name from Spider Man? He's the hot werewolf. There's only was one. There was no werewolf in this. Joe Mag. Man. Oh, Flash Thompson. Oh shit, that guy. Yeah, I didn't even recognize that they were the same guy. Yeah, hmm. you. Flash Thompson. Who? The the bully. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And um, Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, who's in all of his movies. He was like the. One. The Weasley guy who worked at the newspaper, who's like running away when the goblin attacked. Oh, oh! <laughs> but yeah, I was shocked at Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah, like, such a sh- like small throwaway part too. Well, like, Betty Brandt is pretty important in the comic, so it's like fans are excited to see her, but they didn't do anything with her in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I forgot forgot about the Elfman. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because by the end of the movie, I was like, I really feel like Danny Elfman phoned this one in. Well, you know, when I originally saw this movie, and and this was very much one of those big YouTube video essays that came out recently, it really struck me that this movie had no theme. Yeah, it really doesn't. Superman had such a strong theme for the character, the Tim Burton Batman. But this, there's like, there's no like jingle that gets stuck in your head and that's the spider-man song no you didn't notice the spider-man song in the whole movie every time something happened every single elfman theme started with like every every single time Hmm. but i would argue that that's pretty lazy like (laughs) that's not that doesn't make it good who are you to judge the elfman didn't notice well yeah, and I, I didn't notice. I didn't have any particular theme that stuck with me coming yeah, out of this. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was very obvious. And so that has become the norm lately with superhero movies. And that's what that YouTube video essay was all about. Yeah, it's interesting. I know the one you're talking about. The one that makes the argument that the only superhero theme you know is the Spider-Man one, right? Is that the one you're I don't, talking about? I don't remember that. But it's probably the oh. same one. I there's one I've seen where they go around asking people on the street like sing the theme song for Thor or whatever you know right. like and people yeah, don't one. know the theme song and then they're like sing the theme song for Spider Man and then it's their they're, they're claiming that 
you know, Spider-Man has the stronger branding, but it's interesting. But that was the old TV show. <clears throat> right. Or yeah. cartoon or whatever They're making the argument for the films, but if you look at this film, it didn't, it's, it suffers from the same problem. Yeah. So early in the superhero resurgence, too. It just felt like the music was like, wherever an obvious place is to place music in a film, we just, you know... Like it was, there was nothing special, unique. It was very much just like a background track, you know. Mm. It didn't feel like it. It did. It did feel very Elfman-y. Really, I didn't even feel very. Like it. Nah. it felt like, especially when he was flinging through the streets and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, how much of that is like Elfman does the same thing every time versus. Uh, the studios are just like, no, 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 like a little more, a little more like the other stuff you do. And he's like, but I want to write a new song. Well, Elfman's definitely a guy with a style. So I think everything's going to sound a little bit similar. But I, I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make is I didn't feel like it sounded like Danny Elfman at all. Like I, if you told me that somebody else scored this film, I would believe you because it just felt like mm. basic temp sort of music that they just found you know like i don't mean temp as in it didn't sound smooth and final I just you hear temp. that danny elf and your music sounds like <laughs> fucking temp music i'm just saying this film in particular like i guess i'm Coming down pretty hard on the elfman well we've been watching uh we've been re-watching the harry potter series and in th- that series uh That's john you know, williams i thought it was danny elfman in a few of them I'd have to I, don't I don't know. Your main Harry Potter theme, which they used through the whole series, was from the first movie, which was Williams. Oh, was it? But oh, maybe okay. there were other composers that came in and oh. used that theme. Well, still, it's still a good example of something that, you know, the theme music is really strong. Yeah. And that's, this that's movie so really, important. like, I feel like Spider-Man has a really recognizable song. And if you didn't want to use that, that's fine. But, like, make something just as strong, I guess. Yeah, Danny Elfman, you're no John Williams. <laughs> I think I think what well what I kind of reacted to with the score was that it felt very like jovial whereas modern or more modern um superhero films are more dramatic in their score. Well, when did Inception come out? Inception? 2010 or 12? Okay, cuz I feel no, like No, it's it was before that a, a lot of the modern like, like big movie Ten? cues kind of take after inception and their big loud horn blowing and and it's not just that yeah not not just that sound but like the the crescendo style of that film has carried through mm-hmm. in a lot of modern stuff and it's kind of changed where everything has gone since then and mm-hmm. yeah you know, Especially for trailers, but before yeah. that, we had like who did the superhero stuff? Who did who did all the big mo- movies? Was Elfman? So yeah. this was like prime time Elfman scoring, you know? And like maybe we're just tired of it. I think I think that's what it is. Is like it's in so many films that it sounds generic unless you explicitly listen for it, you know. And like for a long mm-hmm. time, I couldn't recognize Danny Elfman's scores. I was like, it's just a score. And then when you like watch films listening for it, you kind of pick up on his style. 
but he mm. just does a wide variety of things that it sounds kind of run of the mill because you wouldn't expect him to score all that big variety of films. You know what I noticed, even aside from the Elfman, although that's a part of it, this movie had a lot in common with the Tim Burton Batman. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it was that. like it seemed fresh and new at the time, but now when you draw a line from superhero movies we have now to the Tim Burton Batman, this seems much closer to that. Like there's a a festival scene with <laughs> a a popular musician and oh my God. balloons. The most early two thousand thing in the film, Macy Gray. Yeah, it, it feels like somebody's like, <laughs> yeah, we need the most we need our thing. yeah we need our version of Prince. Yeah, and Macy Gray was like, the answer. That wasn't needed. It that have been Missy Elliott. Yes. That was the most dated thing along with the singular like branding in the background. I missed it. Maybe. Oh, the cell phone. The cell phone company, company singular. singular it's oh. like not around yeah. anymore. That's funny. <laughs> See, it, it's so not around anymore that when you said the singular branding, I was like, wait, what single <laughs> incident of the branding? <laughs> so I also caught the... Uh, there are several scenes where it's just like, oh, yeah, totally get what Nick was saying. That's a dude in a suit. Yeah. Oh. And and also with the goblin. And it was that that festival scene when they finally are on the ground walking around. It's like, I feel like I'm standing there as they're shooting the movie, watching people in costumes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, there's that mm-hmm. one wide shot in the rooftop uh, conversation uh, where it's just like, He's like talking, but like from behind, so you don't even see Willem Dafoe's lips moving through the mask, and it's just like this shitty goblin head helmet bobbing around. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goblin costume, the materials it was made of was like obviously plastic, mm-hmm. and they did. I felt like they didn't light it to try to make it not look like plastic, yeah. and it felt very uh, jingle all the way. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Yes. And I think it's a bad choice to make it like, okay, we see his eyes, but we can't see his actual mouth as he's talking. Well, you could see it sometimes. Like there was one time where you could see it and he just looked like the alien from Alien with like double mouth. It was really weird. (laughs) Double mouth. It just didn't work. And then, you know, it was kind of like what you were saying about the, the like Hollywood wanting to take the mask off all the time on like spider-man but it's funny because i guess it's just hindsight because now that we've seen it done really well with deadpool it makes sense but in this movie every time spider-man talked with the mouse mask on i was like why is his jaw not moving it i was thinking that too it really looks like he's not even talking yeah it's like a really weird choice huh. now that i think about it but maybe it's just hindsight now that yeah. i've seen deadpool it like feels really weird i totally and didn't notice that but there were times where i didn't now. realize <laughs> yeah like there were times i didn't realize he was the one talking because it would cut to a close-up of him and his like his mouth wouldn't be physically moving yeah. under the mask. I also find myself wondering a lot whether is that even Toby in that suit? Oh like, yeah, did probably they even not bother to get Toby on set that day? Yeah, or I mean, yeah. There was also all the horrible, horrible CG body suit. Oh yeah, I, I I definitely know what you're talking about. I don't want to call it horrible because it was 
pretty cutting edge for the time. I know. But, but when it like, suddenly when turns into... looks like Jello. Yeah, that wobbly rag doll. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely noticeable. Looping back to Harry Potter, it's that weird, like, when he's in the first movie doing the Quidditch, the Quidditch. match. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so painful. There was definitely a few moments in Spider-Man where it looked like that. Yeah. But overall, I was actually kind of impressed with the CG, particularly yeah. when he's in his suit. Like, those are the, like, money shots, obviously, that they, like, spent a lot on to make look good. And yeah, that's it was true. not as bad as I was expecting for 2002. So Yeah, it's it they definitely spent the money on Spider-Man and not the Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah, like when I know. he was <laughs> the CG, it was like so bad. That's actually mm. the one place where I didn't feel like it was the man in the suit problem. Like cuz mm. I guess I guess I'm just used to the Spider-Man suit or whatever cuz that never felt weird uh when mm. he was running around and it's just yeah, it was just the Green Goblin's big extra plastic bits and all that it, it's the weird oversized head like yeah, yeah. where that's it's not very threatening you know like a big baby head on a tiny body or like, very military like were they surprised that they were gonna lose that contract <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like oscorp well, we cannot have our soldiers running around looking like this right <laughs> well you well, did see their competition it was like a capsule kangaroo or whatever <laughs> they did kind of sell it by having all of those masks in the penthouse apartment like i could you know, see the suit was part of the military contract but he made his own mask because he loves masks but those masks I, were so much cooler yeah i like your thought process and i think the production designer well, sam raimi's thought process i don't know I think it might have been the production designer's thought process because was it incorporated into the script or the story really in any way? No. It's just yeah, in the was, background and you're drawing a line yeah. and I like the line you're drawing, but I wish that it was like written into More the script. Explicit. I wish that the mask that he wore was one of the masks off the wall, you know, like. Or more closely inspired by. Yeah. It. I don't want him just wearing a wooden tribal mask. That's. I don't know. I think that'd be sick. I think it'd be way scarier. Maybe. The movie you're asking for is the mask. <laughs> no, <laughs> but looping back on that, I thought the set design was really great. Like, particularly in his aunt and uncle's house. Yeah. Like, it told a lot about who they are. And they had all of this, like, Oh, my nice God, that stuff, wallpaper, though. Old that stuff. wallpaper. Yeah. And, like, like, the scene after the graduation, you know, like, everything about her is very dated for the times, but very, like, well put together. And, you know, you can tell they're, like, a couple that did well, but has always, like, lived within their means and tried to save money and, like you know, try to put the best foot forward for their now son. So mm -hmm. it was interesting. I liked it. I think a lot of times in movies, like they like portray like poor or average or middle-class people and put them in like these freaking mansions and like mm. multi-million dollar homes. And you're like, that's, it's not relatable. You know, like yeah. we've all had a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle with a house like that. So does well, James Franco look like the kind of guy, uh, uh, I guess spoilers a little bit, uh, that might just snap and kill someone. 
because I get that feeling whenever I see him in a movie, and I think they saw that in him. What what is that a spoiler for? Life? Like you think James Franco is going <laughs> to kill somebody? No, Spider Man. Spider Man, the other one, and then he's like, I'm also going to be the oh, bad yeah. guy. I I don't know about that. I don't get that vibe from him. But my God, was he the worst part of this movie? You think so? Oh my yeah, God, that man teaches an acting class, really? Yeah. Yeah, like I I like James Franco, and I'm definitely glad he discovered this like stoner humor yeah. thing because this was not his thing. This was I bad. don't know. Like, sure, his performance was not great. But if you're a casting agent and you're looking at Willem Dafoe and then you're looking at James Franco, you're like, oh yeah, God, yeah, this kid fits the role. That's yeah. what Brett said. And it's yeah. totally like part true. Part way through, I was like, they're so believably related. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if, if that Trump's just bad acting, though. Yeah. I don't know. So, so, uh, the acting gene is not genetic. But but it's <laughs> it's Keanu level. You know? Yeah. I get it. I, I would put it a little bit above Keanu level. Really? Really? I mean, it depends which Keanu, but at least yeah. Keanu. Uh, Reeves. I don't know, Sam. Really? <laughs> Maybe it didn't bother me that much. I don't know. But Willem Dafoe's acting was incredible. Yes. Particularly I, the mirror scene. Yeah, his I thing. really want a Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde movie starring Willem Dafoe. I want Ooh. to see that after this movie. I think that'd be amazing. And that, I think, is probably the most true to the Norman Osborn character. That that insanity of the the goblin inside his head manipulating him. Mm. Like, that that's important for that character. Mm-hmm. And now that they're kind of sort of bringing Spider-Man into the official Marvel universe, I'd really like to see a new Norman Osborn take on a big role in the overall universe. Because he's really big in the comic books. He's like one of the major villains across all of... Oh, so he doesn't whole. just die right away. Oh, What are you saying in comic books or what? Well, in the movie, he just died, right? Right. But now with the new Spider-Man movie, it's a reboot. So they could bring in a new version Is of Is another character. fucking reboot? How many? We you were talking about this. this is we were just Spider-Man. talking about that. I know there's a new Spider-Man. It's a reboot. I asked you before why they were rebooting it again and you told me it wasn't a reboot so i thought it no wasn't. no it's definitely a reboot and the reason is now they're actually plugging it into the whole marvel movie universe mm. so yeah. now they can have captain america and iron man and they can have them with the avengers and everything was it sony so my- before that owned the, the rights and marvel finally got them back Sony still owns the rights. This is a special arrangement. Oh. So Sony's still going to make spin-off characters into other movies and they own everything Spider-Man related, but Spider-Man himself is tied into the rest of the Marvel universe. Interesting. It's this weird extra special deal. But I guess my question was you make it sound like this bad guy didn't just die right away, like he's a bigger bad guy throughout the whole overarching story of spider-man yeah in in the comics absolutely yeah yeah i mean come on comic book characters don't die (laughs) i could count on one hand how many comic book characters die and stay dead just like disney characters they never die either mufasa stayed dead yeah a lot of disney characters came back as a cloud yeah Yeah. he did yeah so are you sure you want to see norman osborne in the new marvel 
cinematic universe, like, would they do him like a really good evil justice? Well, I'll tell you if if I had to choose between him and Kingpin, I'm going Kingpin. But I'd I'd really like to see that. I'd like to see them bring Fantastic Four in and have Doctor Doom be a big bad for all of the Marvel Universe. I want to see like if they could the do Netflix those characters right. That. Netflix Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, like the Netflix, like a like a I don't yeah. know, the, yeah, the, that gritty Netflix feel because the 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 jokey everybody has a good time feel yeah. of the movies is not working for that team. Oh, you haven't seen the newest movie then? No, I have not. They did Dark and Gritty and it's garbage. Oh, no. <laughs> Fantastic Four needs to be bright and happy and family. That's the whole point. So I disagree with you completely. Is there just nothing that can that's going to make that franchise work, though, on on in real life? Oh, they could definitely make it work if they did it right. I feel like it needs to be an animated movie. Because, like, that, you know, it kind of reminds me of the vibe of the, um, what's that DreamWorks one? Incredibles? Yeah. like Oh, yeah, that's that very much a ripoff ex- of Fantastic Four. Yeah, so, like, if they, they just redid, you know. Incredibles 2 is Fantastic <laughs> Four. <laughs> so, Ash, I think you were right in the comic book tone, not in the editing trick of cutting comic book panels that the Hulk used. Yeah. But in tone and feel, it, you know, it's light, it's fun, it's over the top, it's goofy in that Sam Raimi way. Mm-hmm. And That's such a weird thing to hear, goofy in that Sam Raimi way, I guess. Yeah. He plays things very over the top, very hyper color. Yeah. And it works because he set a tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's never I, random. It's just like I didn't really feel like big. their transitions were really working though. They're like, I'm gonna do a weird montage where you see my hands and my face at the same time as my hand shot is in the background and I'm rotoed <laughs> yeah. in front of it. Like Spider Man Three Wolf Moon. Yeah, like it just like doesn't... when he's working on the suit. Yeah, I don't know. Or there was like a newspaper transition that mm. they did. Like those felt like too over the top i really like the one where he held up the design for his costume and then that faded into the city mm. Mm. that one was a cool one see i'm i'm on board with all that it's it's you've set a tone and it it works for the light comedic elements of this character it didn't yeah. bother me i liked it but there's a difference between like light and comedic and just like cheesy and that's Sam Raimi's job. Sam yeah. Raimi lives in that gray area in between. And yes. Sam Raimi's may- always maybe, halfway to cheese. <laughs> maybe you don't like Sam Raimi. No, I do. I, I, I would argue that the original Evil Dead is not cheesy at all. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to say. I mean, I would say that Army of I, Darkness okay. Army of is Darkness cheesy, but the original okay. Evil Dead is like a legitimate horror film. Okay. You know? Yeah, I, I but then say... it immediately takes a left turn into wacky from then on out. Like, I think you're thinking of the second one. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, the first one was scary, and then they abandoned that and went okay. crazy. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying he he's not always... No, not not always, but that kind of seems to be his 
when he's firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. You know, HUD sucker proxy is very much that. But even like, even like the, the wacky and evil dead two, and even, uh, army of darkness works much better for me than perhaps it's just that these transitions felt dated, you know, like it it felt like something somebody did on iMovie or whatever, you know, the movie did overall feel dated. It felt it felt like things happened way too fast, even though the movie itself didn't feel like it was fast paced. It didn't feel like it was a fast rhythm, but it's like, okay, we're three minutes into this movie and he's bit by the spider. And also that very same night, the green goblin is becoming green goblin and mm-hmm. like stuff's just happening really quick. And we're not taking time to, to be with these characters. And there wasn't really like a clear definition of the passage of time. Like they graduated and then yeah. next thing you know, he's running into her on the street and, you know, after she gets off work and you're like, well, how long has it been? Let's, since let's be clear. He never accidentally ran into her. <laughs> <laughs> he was straight stalking her since high school. Yeah. She's like, I've got a superhero stalker. And the answer is yes. Yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most out of the film was, in my opinion, the bad writing that felt the need to recap the previous scene in oh. the next like the flashback of the guy who stole the money <sighs> like it happened like two minutes so after many times they would they would flashback either audio or video of the two scenes two scenes back and it's like i just yes i just <laughs> saw the scene like five minutes ago you don't have to tell me the super mutant the super mutant spiders in the beginning oh, yeah, it's yeah. like trans it's like repeating the thing that the lady just said two scenes ago like i don't need that yeah i don't I wonder need it. i wonder how much of an executive decision that was because that sounds like one of those like superhero new- movies are new and like if we don't fucking really over explain this people are gonna be like how the fuck is he shooting webs it's like no no we know what spider-man is and they're like no america audiences aren't ready <laughs> like <laughs> I guess, but it was like really obvious things. Like when the guy who stole the money turned out to be the dude who shot his uncle. It was like they like, like flash yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we supposed to be surprised? I know. It's like obviously, uh, duh. Mm. I don't know. It, it was stuff like that where it was like, you, you don't need to give me this extra information. But on the, on the flip back story, story side of it, that kind of shit doesn't happen in the new Marvel movies. Nobody ever loses like a loved one. Nobody ever learns a lesson anymore. Like who dies? Mm. Hmm. Well, Interesting. Uh, Thor's That's parents. <sighs> but like, I mean, he doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stark had some tragedy. The the guy who was like his in in the prison with him in the cave. Yeah, RDJ gets a gets a pass. He's the only one holding it down on Marvel Team Marvel right now. Yeah, but like I can't think of since Iron Man was like film number one. Uh, doesn't Captain America lose his love interest because she's like old? Technically, she loses yeah. him. Yeah, and then they get back. And then she gets an ABC series that <laughs> yeah. was terrible and got canceled. But then, like, doesn't he unfreeze and then date her granddaughter? Yup. Her niece. Super weird, dude. Super weird. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, I, I there, there's very much the tragedy of losing your parents that is common for Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman. 
you know, those are absolutely essential to making those characters who there are. But two of those were DC characters. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but Superman was only DC much later. Oh, did he start as Marvel? Or no. He, okay. Uh, I don't even know the name of the comic company that existed before DC. Yeah, he started because of, wasn't he popularized during one of the world wars? Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, there were comic companies before Marvel and DC, and these characters kind of came into whatever umbrella. Gotcha. But anyway, I've, I've been saying yeah, they, for a couple of years that, like, all the like the Marvel universe needs to have people start dying or, or something, because the, <laughs> the, the bad guys are getting too big, and they can't even have fights anymore. Like, the last three movies didn't even have a boss fight, really. Mm. Like, yeah, I want to respond to that, but I would be spoiling like major spoilers for Civil War. But okay, true. But I, I'll, I'll say you're right. Yeah, I mean, we we could use some greater stakes. I I think just like maybe what you're really looking for though there is just like better character development because the thing that that gives Spider Man is like it really develops his character and makes you understand why he's making the choices he's making and that's why it always made that ending so great is that he made the choice to give up his personal life for the betterment of the people around him so that he could continue to save people and and save Mary Jane and all that as opposed to like you know you look at Thor and maybe you're like, well, what's your real, what's your motivation? You know, what, why do you really My motivation care? is a battle. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. So basically what you're saying is this is why Spider-Man is the best. And you're right. Spider-Man is the best. <laughs> yes. And he's got the best mythology. He's got the best lessons to, to learn from his story. He's got the best tragedy. He's got one of the totally, best yeah. all time quotes of human history. But I think really, also that's you don't <laughs> you don't necessarily have to um, have a tragic background to have a more well-rounded character. Like for example, uh, I'm just going back to Doctor Strange because that's the one I just saw. But I just feel like the character choice of making him this hot shot surgeon who's rich and like really good at what he does was like a really bad character choice. Cause if you look at, if you look at Spider-Man's character arc, he goes from this nothing nerdy kid that nobody likes and nobody mm-hmm. notices to this guy that everybody in the town respects and supports and loves. And, you know, everybody notices him now. So he has like a change, a character change, but Dr. Strange, I know that they're trying to shoe in the thing about him, like caring about other people, but it really didn't work out. Like, I'm sorry. It just well, that's didn't play he's off. a jerk the whole time and he didn't yeah. earn any redemption. He exactly. won by being no, a huge he, jerk. He totally did. He was humbled. Yeah. But he started really, he started with the ego and he was broken down and had to find the humility before he could come back from that. And I'm sure that comes across in the comics, but in the film... In the film, that shit was way it, too fast. Yeah, and it just didn't That movie work. needed uh, five minutes of him studying. Yeah, or... or <laughs> and, yeah. and earning it. <laughs> or even him, like, 
learning a serious lesson by like yeah. actually losing the girl because like she no matter how shitty he was to her she was still always fucking there for him and it, it just like never felt like also there was absolutely no chemistry between him and rachel mcadams i'm sorry but you're you're like getting right into dr strange i am sorry. and by the way his american accent was unacceptable <laughs> that one i was okay with actually really you're okay with that accent didn't really bother me i i love me some cumberbatch but his american accent was not working it just didn't i think sam you said it best where you said like he didn't he didn't feel like he earned anything as opposed to Spider-Man really felt like he earned it and came yeah. from nothing. Even when he was a bit of a jerk, you still felt for him, you know, like when he was in the car and he was like, you know, don't pretend to be my father then like immediately he said something mean and then you could like see it on his face like, oh my God, what did I just say? I didn't, I didn't mean that, you know? Mm-hmm. So Everything about him is just relatable and likable. I almost like this thought of, and and I, it didn't work quite the way that that I think we would have wanted it to. But the how you said everything happened too fast, like it just boom straight in the action, and it it almost feels like their thought process was like we've only got two hours. Let's not have <laughs> a wasted m- moment. Like every everything that we show on screen is something that actually has a reaction later or a consequence. And, you know, there's very little time for just like goofing off in jokes or throwaway scenes in this movie. Like almost everything moved the plot, even though it did feel a little weirdly paced. Yeah. Which felt like the pace of Tim Burton's Batman. Mm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think there's an, a very interesting thing that plugs into the tragedy and the character development here. Do you guys know the story of um, of Gwen Stacy and the George Washington Bridge? Mm-mm. So before there was Mary Jane, there was Gwen Stacy. Okay. And Isn't she the girlfriend in the reboot? And yeah, the first reboot, okay. not the not the newest one. So Green Goblin throws her off of the George Washington Bridge. Mm. And was that what they were kind of going for there? And Spider-Man dives, shoots a web, catches her and her neck snaps. Oh, no. And that's that is a huge moment in his development. Oh, man. So, yes, that is exactly the scene they were doing. But they took away that tragedy mm-hmm. by making it Mary Jane and and she not dying, right? So that's that is a a huge part in his development. A lot of depth there of like you know, okay, I'm going to be the hero, and again, just being punished in the worst possible way for that, while still maintaining and still continuing on from that. Interesting. So it's a little sad to kind of sort of have that in this movie, but not really have that in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, there was no real consequence. And it's it's totally it's definitely a stakes thing. And I think it's a combination of a stakes thing and a character thing like you were saying earlier Brett where um you know Spider-Man had real stakes here, like people he really cared about. Yeah, and personal stakes, mm-hmm. not the whole city blowing up, not the whole world blowing up. Yeah. But I, personal stakes. I really wish that they had even um, 
pushed that more with the Green Goblin because I feel like it would have been really interesting to see Willem Dafoe struggle more with the idea that he has to kill Peter Parker, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, like they kind of flipped him in one scene. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have been really interesting to see him struggle with that more. And that might have been what they were going for in the dinner scene. Sorry, Nick. Uh, in the dinner scene. <laughs> yeah, I think I it was. I was going to counter with that. He just seemed betrayed, like betrayed and pissed off and like lied to in the dinner scene. But it would have I would have liked to have seen him feel more conflicted, you know, like how how can mm-hmm. this be the man that I wanna kill? You know, he's so close to me, he's close to my son. Like I like him better than my own son. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't yeah, really like get they could have they could have executed that by actually having him stay and seeing him you know, like imagine this shot of him at the end of the table and everyone else is digging into dinner and eating and he's just sitting there with this like internal conflict and we were like hanging on him while everyone else is continuing like that would have been more powerful but clearly for some reason they felt the need that he had to like keep moving well he had to like uh bag on mary jane for some reason like yeah they're, they're trying to get the the audience to hate him yeah which i think I think was the wrong move because I think it would have been more interesting if we kind of liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's it's, what makes good villains. Yeah. That you kind of like. And it's it leads into another problem with some of these earlier superhero movies is that they always have to kill the villain by the end of the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Norman Osborn is just more interesting as time goes on. If, if he doesn't die in that first oh, conflict yeah. and he keeps going on and on and wrestling with the very thing that you're describing while also like trying to build up power and more power. Mm -hmm. Or, or like perhaps it really is like a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde scenario where he, he feels guilty and bad for, Mm -hmm. you know, these times when he has no control. But instead they just make sure the villain's dead by the end of the movie. Yeah. We're done with him. Can I tell you guys my favorite line in this movie? Okay. My favorite line is, maybe I'll send you some Christmas meats. Who <laughs> sends Christmas meats? Jonah uh, Jameson. My family. What? Yeah. What are like, Christmas meats? Like like a basket of like dried meats and cheeses. Oh, okay. Well, I and guess. like fruit. Some, guess like usually they come with like a orange or a pear or something. I've just never heard somebody call them Christmas meats. Yeah, I haven't either. It threw me off and I was like... Oh, okay. Ooh, one more thing that I wanted to point out about this movie that I think made it very ahead of its time and was just an awesome, subtle thing is that in the whole montage of like him fighting all the bad guys, all the bad guys were white people. And usually the victim was some sort of like minority or like woman or ethnic person, like. It was super cool to see them like beat white people. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, because like, (laughs) not beat white people. I'm not like, yay, more white people. And it's just like, oh, I thought you said beat white people, like beat them up. Oh, beat them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. White people getting beaten. And like, it's just, it's a subtle thing that's important, you know? Like, but wasn't the guys who were going to rape her in an alley? They were eventually they, were they dropped eventually out. Eventually they there fucked up. Like, but okay, there was a good ten minute sequence where they didn't. And I think that might have been the only scene in the movie that had 
uh, non-white villainy. But one of on. those guys, I think, was a white dude. It was hard to tell, though. But <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It's. It's. It's interesting because yeah, we we noticed it, and it's just weird that I feel like it's weird that we noticed it because you expect in Hollywood like th- that that's just not going to be white people doing the crime, which is terrible. Uh, but like that's usually what it is, you know. Especially in such like a blockbuster mainstream type movie, you kind of expect them to go along with these stereotypes, especially at a time where we weren't as aware of how bad these things are, like these subtle racist things. So it's cool. It's interesting. I'm gonna like in my head. I have the head cannon that the guy who stole the money and the car was the dude, the other wet bandit, because he kind of looked like him. The, the third wet bandit. The third wet bandit. Oh, not like a, a young Guy Fieri. Oh, he did look like a Guy <laughs> he did, Fieri. Yeah, he did have that going on. All right. All right. So what what are our final thoughts here on on Spider Man? Sam, you you were kind of lukewarm on the whole Spider Man experience. I actually liked it, except yeah. it dragged at the end. Like it hit about 30 minutes to the end of the movie. And I was like, Oh my God, I've been through a lot (laughs) of movie. (laughs) Um, but I actually really liked it. It was like kind of campy in parts and it did feel very of that era, but I thought it was refreshing because it was different than all of the Marvel movies that I've seen recently. So Ash, do you still hate superhero movies? (laughs) Probably. I want to clarify that. I don't hate all superhero movies. <laughs> I really yeah, like I've, Deadpool and I'm a huge I'm a don't huge call Batman Dead, fan. Don't call Deadpool a superhero movie. It's a comic book movie, but it's not a superhero movie. Okay, okay. All right. Have you seen the original Superman? No. I, I haven't. So. You you need you need to see that. Okay. That's right. everything done right. I think Deadpool is everything done right. <laughs> yeah. In, in in a different way. Um you know, uh I didn't like this as much as I remember liking it the first time I saw it. Mm. I remember really liking it then, and perhaps it's because it is so saturated this the superhero genre now that um I'm just kind of bored by it, you know. Yeah. But uh I and I also remember I remember that ending feeling a lot more profound to me when I first saw it and this time it just didn't really land for fast. me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um it was there were some good there were definitely good parts. I mean, I didn't hate it. I just didn't I remember liking this a lot more when I first saw it than I did the second watch. Yeah, it definitely feels to me that the the pacing and the power and and the gravity is is dated and that mm-hmm. all of those things work better in newer movies for some reason i mean i'll just come out and say it i love spider-man homecoming and as much as i remember this original movie as something that i really really loved i just kind of feel like homecoming is a more enjoyable experience overall Okay, I'll have to check it out then. I think I like, like, there were things that worked for me in the past that didn't work for me here. Like, I was telling you, like, I just don't, 
I don't buy Toby Maguire as the nerdy kid anymore because in my opinion yeah, he doesn't that. look that. Really? In that first shot where they like show him, I was like, "Oh shit. Yeah, he was nerdy." <laughs> like, damn, Toby Maguire sucks. <laughs> like all he has that. to do is take off his glasses and he looks like classically handsome in my opinion. That, like uh, yeah, that is fair. Like he doesn't really look like the nerdy kid that gets pushed around. But he, he looks did- like he should be on the swim team or something, you know. <laughs> Weird. He did play know. the meek character that. pretty well. Like that bus scene and everything. Yeah. I thought that I definitely so. sold it. But like I think my bigger problem too is like I don't buy that Kristen Dunst and Tobey Maguire are high schoolers. And that's well, a problem. I think that's and a huge problem that I think in the past like older people would play these kid yeah. roles like and Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And we would just He's clearly like 25. That's just how it was. And now I've seen so many really great child actors that like, I don't buy that anymore. And once again, Spider-Man homecoming does that. So yeah, right. which is why I'm kind of interested. And that kid is a child. Okay. And well, <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. And I think that would, cause there was something really interesting you told me about Spider-Man was that you said Spider-Man has always been a kid and always wanted to make himself not, you know, separate himself from that by calling himself Spider-Man, not Spider-Boy. And I, that never would have thought would have occurred to me or come across to me in this film because mm-hmm. it just felt like, well, yeah, Tobey Maguire's a man, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. Just and- on some subconscious level, it just wouldn't, didn't completely ever come through and it does work in homecoming okay yeah so your your thoughts brett the, it, it, this was slightly worse than i was hoping it was gonna be um but it's kind of sad the way we're coming <laughs> out on this one yeah but you know i, I think the my original thought though and i mean it's kind of like all i've been talking about the whole time is just like the I miss the the story goals of this movie, even if they missed what they were aiming for, mm. uh, the what they were trying to do feels bigger than what is currently being done. Um, and I kind of wish we get a little more, uh, yeah, character character development, character depth. Uh, are, are you saying the lesson of with great power comes great responsibility? Yeah, with with hundreds of millions of dollars should come fucking cool (laughs) movies and not what you've been making. It it bums me out that you guys are laughing at that. Like that, yes, maybe it's become a joke over time. But if you take that for its original intent, I think that's a very powerful message. No, definitely. And I think it felt, like I said, when I first saw it, it felt really powerful to me. And like definitely... um, you know, I was like, fuck yeah, you know, that's so yeah. cool or whatever. And now it's, I think it's, it has become the butt of a joke just because so many people have used it that way. But it's still a really powerful, like, decision. Like, they could have done the Hollywood decision and had him get the girl or whatever, but they didn't. Mm. So I do think that that was really interesting. I just think they could have, I don't know. They, they. Yeah. I think to Brett's point is they're not doing that now. <laughs> that was a really long-winded way of repeating what you just said. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. 
So yeah, I guess in in the grand experiment of what this podcast is all about, we're finding that this just is one of those movies that does doesn't quite hold up to how we remembered it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was. <laughs> I know. I was like, I thought it was going to be shitty. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I was way more hyped for this than I am now. Yeah. Always I, I go in with low expectations. Yeah, I didn't hate yeah. it, but it may, I was like not as thrilled as I thought. Fair enough. Well, that's kind of a down note. Want <laughs> wants. All right. Well, I'll I'll just throw out a recommendation, if not for you guys, but for everybody else. I I do think that Spider Man Homecoming is definitely worth checking out. It came out like a week ago, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it came out mm-hmm. on Friday. I thought the seventh. Yes, but when is this podcast? Oh. Yeah, out? it'll be a week. Ago. <laughs> I'm not talking to you, hey. Sam. I'm talking to the audience. You know what? Sorry, it's late. Anyway, go go to go to a theater near you because Sony Pictures is sponsoring our show this week. Apparently, <laughs> we'd like to thank Sony for giving us this opportunity to watch Spider Man again. All right, guys, if you like this show, this is part of the Last Dash TV network of content. Uh, it's this podcast and a YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a drinking show and video game parodies and a cooking show and lots of fun stuff. Yes, and. You can find us on, um, on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. And the Twitter, all of the things. And on uh, YouTube, you can find us um, on YouTube where, oh God, I'm sorry, my brain is broken. Uh, uh, where <laughs> who are we? Uh, HTTP colon <laughs> backslash backslash www.youtube.com. YouTube.com. You'll see a little slash magnifying glass. Slash slash supplies. <laughs> slash fuck. What is what is it called? Laugh stash TV. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I can hear Brett's like little description of this now, this podcast now. Like, listen to Ash lose her brain. <laughs> Um, you've, you've only been saying those three words for the past like six years. <laughs> <laughs> laugh stash TV. <laughs> so is laugh actually, stash TV six years old? No, no. Ash Ash was just bitten by a radioactive spider, and this is what really happens in that scenario. Yeah, <laughs> really, I'm slowly being poisoned to death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my spider sense is tingling down the drain. But you can also find us on Twitter. We're at Laugh TV, and you can follow this podcast at Let's Rewatch. Um, and you can tweet at us movie suggestions like Luna did. She tweeted that we should do Footloose, the original one, oh. and also Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. So we'll have to add oh, those to those the Those are list. both good ones. Yeah. And also, just a side note, uh, You'll probably hear the bumper for the contest at the beginning, if you can put that in there for me, Brett. But we're doing a contest. We're giving away a Fallout 4 Pip-Boy edition of the game, and it comes with a cool Fallout Pip-Boy that you can put on your arm and, you know, just wear as you go out and get some coffee. (laughs) You really lost control of that whole thing towards the end there <laughs> but uh please go to laughstash.tv to find out how you can enter and win other cool fallout loot yeah I'm done. if you liked our podcast please give us a review on itunes google play or libsyn nope oh. 
Oh, nope. you were so close. Yeah. He's on lips and it's just oh. a host. What's the other one? There's no other one. It's just iTunes or Google Play Whatever. right now. Whatever. It just feels too short. You guys get long calls. You call can up. comment on Libsyn. We really need like a... Uh, Don't comment on Libsyn. That's completely pointless. It it's is. It's just the hosting surface. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> Throwing a, a notebook into a black hole. Leave, like, leave no us a, a, a review that. on GoDaddy. Like, no, <laughs> it's not how the internet works. On Bluehost. Uh, but like, yo, listeners, we need some reviews on that iTunes. We do. Like, fucking put them down. Can we have some reviews from people who like the show? If you like the show, if you don't like the show, if you don't like the show, go. get the fuck out. <laughs> Why are you still listening? This is episode fifty-seven I hate you guys or something. So much. <laughs> Uh, even if you don't like the show, thank you so much for being a dedicated listener. We really appreciate yeah. it, despite what these I mean, ungrateful jerks just said. So make sure your podcast feed is up to date and spread the word. We'll be doing this all over again in another two weeks. Yeah, next week we're going to watch The Linguini Incident. <laughs> <laughs> it stars David Bowie. What? 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 Can we really watch it? <laughs> No. You really turned around on that one real quick. I did. I watched David Bowie eat Luquini, like in a weird way, probably.